Hi, and welcome back to the Home Sweet Home podcast with Marissa. I'm your host, Marissa O'Connor with the Charlotte Cole Group at Keller Williams. And today I have the one and only Charla Cole on the podcast. Hey, Charla, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here. I'm so glad you're sitting with me today. And thanks for being patient during our little technical moments we're having. <laughs> on uh, figuring out this whole podcasting thing. You got it. It's really funny because an agent just came and asked me for help on podcasting, um, wanting to start their own, and it seems like maybe I still need help with starting my own, <laughs> trying to figure out the audio and the visual. It's and... not you. It's technology. So. <laughs> You're right. It's never me. It's never my That's fault. Right. <laughs> nope. Okay, Charlotte. So real quick, going to ask, I like to start something. I like to start the podcast with a little with a little something light and fun. So I didn't prepare you for this either. But what is um, what is one thing that you're grateful for today? One thing? Um, <clears throat> I mean, you can name I, more if you want. I First and foremost, always my family. Just I'm grateful for my family, uh, and that's immediate, extended. They all mean so much to me, and I'm just grateful for them in so many different ways. That's a good one. Um, yep. For me, I'm going to say today I'm grateful for my dad recovering from his knee surgery. He had surgery on Tuesday and he got a full knee replacement and he's just an always on the go guy. So when I see him like stopped at any moment, it's kind of like unnerving for me. <laughs> but today he was doing a lot better. He was saying he's not feeling as much pain and he was more alert today. So I'm grateful for that. That's awesome. Yes, I'm very excited to yeah. hear that. Yay, thank you. Okay, so I brought you on the podcast this week to talk about chapter six in the Your First Home book. And this chapter is all about making an offer on a home. So okay. up until this point, you know, we've talked about how to everything from pre-approval to selecting your criteria whenever you're starting your home search. And now... We are talking about the rigorous process of making an offer, um, which is, can be like, there's so many different factors and there's so many different things that you need to take into, I don't know, just take it all in so you know what to mm -hmm. do. Yeah, take it into account. Thanks. I couldn't think of that word. <laughs> and um, I wanted to bring you on just for your expertise. So real quick, just... Um, can you speak to, uh, just for a moment, like helping people make an offer on a home? Um, what is like your number one tip that maybe you offer? Or is it just so different every time there's not a single thing that I could possibly point out? So there, there's, there are differences in an offer because some people... Uh, need closing cost? Is that something that they need? Is that right. important to them? Um, if not, then is it, you know, price and uh, making sure that 
you do the right price, but you can be a little bit more flexible in er other areas of the offer. Are there multiple offers? Uh, there, so there are a lot of different variables when offering. Uh, however, you want to make sure that you know your agent has done the comps, um, that you feel confident about the price that you're offering, because the last thing you want to do is get in and then it not appraise, and then you have to renegotiate. Um, although we are not appraisers, so it can vary a little bit. And uh, I have seen an appraisal be on a large property, a $100,000 difference um, when they got a different appraiser. So it, it can change. Um, but you do your due diligence as an agent to get as close as you can. So, uh, but I mean, there's things that you can do. You can, if the client does need closing cost, but the seller doesn't really want to pay it, if there's room in the comps, you can add that in onto the price. So the seller is still getting the same bottom line number, but it also helps your client, um, the buyer as well. So there's different things you can do. Right, and um, excellent points made. And on the other end of that spectrum is um, this chapter talks about how some people, when they feel like they need to make an offer, they really need to lowball the um, seller and make a very low offer first, and then hopefully they meet in the middle later. Can you speak to why that is not a good idea? and maybe some uh, repercussions that you've seen from that. It depends on the market that you're in. Again, the market, you know, matters. So um, sometimes if the seller is very, very um, attached to the property, to the home, then you can really offend them by going lowball, and then they just won't even talk to you. Yep. So right. you take your chances when you go to lowball because, uh, you know, then you might come up, say you lowball them by $50,000. I'm just throwing a number because you're having a large property. It's a $600,000 home. You're going to lowball them by $50,000. And if it was priced right in the first place, then you've offended them and they don't even want to talk to you now. Um, mm -hmm. but who knows? Maybe, um, maybe they will or they'll counter back you know five thousand dollars off you're still forty five thousand right. dollars apart so uh, <laughs> at that you have point, to know the risk you, when you do that right do you reconsider are you going to make more headway by you know offering um lower offer but it's still reasonable and not lowball so there again, it's your agent's job to make sure that you've looked at the comps and is this a proper offer or not with the condition of the home, the location of the home and all that. Um, you can also, as an agent, call and talk to the other agent, just kind of fill them out, see how things are. Obviously, they can't tell you what their seller would do, but still having that conversation. Are they, you know, dead? What are they looking price? for in the terms of what a contract? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Maybe something's more important, like they need a lease back, but they're negotiable on price. But just the timing of the closing and all is more important to them than what they get in bottom dollar. So there are a lot of different factors that you can sometimes negotiate and get better pricing if you are, um, you know, negotiating on the other things. Right. 
So mm-hmm. true. And it, it says that in this chapter, you pretty much are outlining the entire chapter already just because it, it's just, you're just amazing like that. Um, <laughs> and the next thing it talks about, you mentioned, it depends on what kind of market you're in. So um, it's in this chapter, it talks about a buyer's market versus a seller's market. I know right now mm-hmm. we are currently still in a seller's market in our area, mm-hmm. which means there is um, less inventory, inventory than buyers. So when it's a buyer's market, um, which means there is more inventory than buyers out there, mm-hmm. then you may have the opportunity to do some of those other strategies when making an offer um, because the sellers um, may have to be a little bit more negotiable to the buyers just because of what the market is demanding. I know at this time in our current market, it would n- probably not behoove you to do lowball offers. Um, if you have fallen in love with the home and your agent has done the comps and um, it's uh, like their comps are showing list price, you know, you just have to listen to your agent and what they suggest. If if this is the home for you and you're not worried about missing out on it, you know, make sure that you are putting yourself in the best position to win, to be a win-win offer. Right. So with that, if it's been on the market for two days, you may not go in at a low-ball offer. If it's been on the market for 28 days and it's a market that it should have sold in two days, then you're like, okay, maybe they have it a little overpriced. And you can still kind of go in with that lowball offer. And even in this, uh, another thing to consider is um, as far as buyer and seller market, like during COVID, if you weren't paying twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars over, you may not have gotten the home. Um, but right now we're in with the interest rates have climbed up just a little bit, even though they're at the normal standard rate, you know, they're not at the threes and the fours where everybody was used to uh, for the past couple of years. So that has slowed the buyer market down a little bit and given the buyers a little bit more negotiation room with the sellers, because uh, even though we have less inventory, the buyers are a little bit less, you know, willing to go out there and pay a higher interest rate. And so Mm -hmm. for that seller, if the home isn't priced exactly right or, or totally updated or anything like that. Um, so it all depends on the situation as well. Right. And, um, excellent points made. I know it is a much different, we're coming off of a crazy home market from the COVID times. Um, it's stabilizing more. It's more, it's becoming more normal. So I feel like it's Mm -hmm. a great time still. I mean, it's, if it's the right home, it's always the perfect time to buy, but it's a really good time to be a buyer right now because Mm -hmm. the market is not oversaturated with competition from other people that are nervous about the interest rate. And you still have a lot of negotiation power as a buyer at this time. Because as soon as um, if they were to drop the interest rate at all, you would have the spike of everybody paying over again. So then you're paying too much for a home that you may be in for 10 years, you may be in for a year, and then you're going to, you know, possibly be upside down on it. So. Right. And just making sure you're sticking higher interest rates. Same, same, same. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where the, your agent is going to be close to you, hopefully, and giving you that good information so you can make the best decision for you. Um, We've already kind of talked about being in a multiple, well, we haven't really talked about multiple offer situation, 
but um, can you talk a little bit about your experience in being in multiple offer situations on a single home? Yes. As a, like helping so, a buyer. Um, helping a buyer. So you're going to instruct them on, again, it comes down to how much do they want that home. You can give them the guidance and the um, confidence of your comps that you have. This is a great price for this home. If you want it, how bad do you want it? How long do you plan to stay there? That's a big thing because there again, if you're paying up and above, being that you're in a multiple offer, if you only plan to stay there a year, it's not going to be worth it for you. Um, I have an example. Uh, a year ago, I sold a home. She, the client wanted to pay over. She's like, I really, really, really want this home. And I said, how long do you plan to stay in the home? Because you're going to, you're going to pay over appraisal price a little bit. And she's like, this is going to be a long-term home. Well, then this year she called me to list the home. She's like, I, I want to move. And I was like, okay, well, you're just now, she's, the price that she paid for the home is just now what she had paid last time. So she was going to mm -hmm. end up losing money by listing the home mm -hmm. because, um, by the time you, you know, pay your fees and everything like that, and it, she would have gone backwards. So she decided not to sell the home because it wasn't the best thing for her, but, uh, you never know what your circumstances are. So when you're in multiple offer, you need to know and, and look at, you know, what your intention of being in the home. Is it a five year, 10 year, seven year, something like that? Okay. Then that might be worth it for you to stay in and pay over. Right. Um, so it's all about intentions of um, how long you want to stay in the home. Because if you do pay over, then you're going to get it back eventually. Um, mm -hmm. There's other things that you can do. If for some reason you had to move, you could always rent it and it'll become an investment property type thing instead of selling it if it's not the right market to sell it in. So there are right. other options. But um, but as far as multiple offers, there's other things you can also, as a buyer, you can pay title policy that shows the seller that you are, that's something that it's negotiable, but 98% of the time, I would say the seller pays the title policy. So it shows them that you're giving to their bottom line, even though you may not be paying way over list price. Um, not asking what about for the amount of earnest money warranty, paying maybe 2% earnest money. Uh, that is something that you get back if you if you get out during the option period. However, if you get past that, there are one, you know, the financing period and stuff like that, that you can get that back as well. But you have to be very careful on that if you're going to pay more. But it does show that you have interest in um, skin in the game if you can put right. more down. Um, also going less on your option days. So used to the standard was like 10 days. Now we shorten it to five to seven. I've even seen it as low as three days. So if you can get an inspector in and out really, really quick, uh, then you can do that. And that keeps the seller from having their home off the market for too long. So if something did happen during that inspection time, then they could get it right back on the market and they get to keep that option money. Yeah, the short option periods really I always feel like is a big benefit to the seller. If I were a seller, I would be really, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I would be enamored with like, Oh, a very low option period. That's great. Like, let's go because it just, it proves to the seller that 
you're not looking to maybe find every little thing that's wrong with the home. Like you want to make sure that structurally the home is doing well. It's not going to be a money pit, but overall, like I want this house and I don't know, there may have to be like a giant hole in the ceiling and water gushing out for me to like back out <laughs> of buying this home. <laughs> is that silly right. to think? <laughs> or is that no, you think another that's normal? No, that's that's a great point. And another important thing to sellers is, did the buyer actually see the home um, during COVID? I'm using this again, um, this time period. I went to a home that had been viewed within a two-day two period. Over 60 people came through that home. There were over 15 offers on the home. We were not the highest offer, but we won the deal because one I was an agent who submitted every single document, pre-approval letter, everything all in one email, and they didn't have to go piecemeal that together. Two, um, added the lender in on the email. Three, uh, they said that the reason we won the deal was because both husband and wife had seen the home. They had to do it at different times, but I had made sure that both husband and wife got in to see the home because... If it is a husband and wife buying it, only the husband sees it, then they get to option period, the wife comes, then she didn't like something in the home, then they back out. So it's, you know, their probability of going through with the process if both parties have seen the home is much higher. Right. So it we were doing a lot of me. video touring and all that, which, you know, it, it's, I've done that where I've, you know, videoed a house and, uh, you know, they bought it and they never saw it until they came to closing. And sometimes that's needed, but the seller feels more confident if both parties have seen the home. Right. It reminds me of, I've seen like signs on paint stores where like there's a sign on the door and it says, if husband is coming to pick out paint, must have a signed and written note from wife before leaving the store. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> because it is, it's such a big thing, like obviously you yeah as a seller i want everyone that's going to be making a decision about this home to have laid eyes on it before they make an offer because when i take it off the market that's you know that's just more time for me that it's not being sold and if it has to come back on market people are like why is this home coming back on the market what's wrong with it you know and most of the time there's nothing wrong with the home it's just maybe buyer financing didn't work out or they got cold feet that happens or Mm -hmm. Not both spouses saw the home. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm going to bring Chris Zimmerman, whether he knows it or not, onto the podcast to talk about inspections. Um, that's something that's okay. covered in this chapter. I am that's going awesome. to kind of just skip over that till I talk with him. Um, okay, something it says else in this book is your journey to homeownership isn't going to be like anyone else's and that's okay. And I feel like it's so true. Like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, there are so many different factors that come into play. And this is like anywhere in the world. I mean, I have there's if, whoever's listening to this, you may not be in Houston, Texas. It's like, what is your market up to? You know, your state has different laws and stuff for submitting offers and your contract might look a little bit different. So it's okay that um, it may not look the same as like your, even your neighbors, like how they came into home ownership. Um, you just have to stay at it, be consistent, listen to your realtor, 
don't get down when uh when if you're submitting multiple offers and you're not getting accepted i mean i we always say like it's all god's timing it's all god's plan and maybe nine homes you submitted on didn't take your offer but the 10th one did and it's like your dream home and you couldn't imagine living in any other house um everything happens for a reason and just don't let the multiple offer syndrome get you down <laughs> and what something you said as far as listening to your agent uh have confidence in your agent and make sure that you do listen to them so if they're suggesting hey on this one if you really want it you're going to have to bid x amount if that's not something you are comfortable doing, then don't feel like you have to do it, but just know that if right. you don't, you may not get the home. Um, right. So if they're, I mean, they should be talking to agents and doing their due diligence on this side, you know, seeing how many offers are there, although they can't know what the offer prices are or the details of the, of the other offers, they can still ask questions. And like you said earlier, what are the sellers wanting? Do they need that lease back? Do they need a certain close date? Do they, you know, will they pay a home warranty? If What if we leave, um, you know, give them something back in the, in, as a concession back in the, um, in the offer, however it may be, what works best for them. So um, there are different things that you can do to make sure you have the best offer. So always listen to your agent and have confidence in them that they are give you know guiding you in the right direction yeah and you know don't miss out on an opportunity because you're trying to save two hundred dollars not buying a survey i'm just that's a random number but you know mm -hmm. if that's going to be the deal breaker on a home that you absolutely love you know is it really going to matter that much in the long run if yes then absolutely don't make that call for yourself but if no like you know, negotiate to get the home that you want um, while being reasonable. You know, sometimes it may feel like you're getting hit with all these costs uh, when purchasing a home because there, there's a lot that comes up. But hopefully you're talking to your agent beforehand and these are this is everything you can expect. So don't get caught up on the, the little stuff, I guess, is my and go advice. back and listen to the podcast that you had in the last two weeks where you're talking about mortgages and it's important to be pre-approved and know what you're going to be paying in those prepaids up front and what your loan is going to require of you and you know all those things so you know that ahead of time before going into a multiple offer or even just a regular offer situation absolutely knowledge is power and i think another thing to note is like Sometimes I feel like maybe buyers enter the market thinking the seller is their enemy. <laughs> but I feel like the quicker that you get on board of like, hey, this is a win-win deal. You know, I'm on the same side of this person. They want to move out of this house and I want to move into it, you know, and work. Come at it from that angle in your mind and not <laughs> not the this person is just trying to, you know, get after me or, you know, they're trying to. No, no, no. Like it has to be win-win or no deal. That is Keller Williams, um, one of our laws. So I think once you get into that mindset, it will just help you be in a better place to make the best decision for yourself and not get into a competitive environment. And I'm speaking from personal experience because you can take it very personally <laughs> and um, it's just not mm -hmm. that way. Well, Charla, any other notes yes. you want to talk about making an offer? I know you've seen it all. There's, there's, you could probably talk for two hours just about submitting offers, but is there anything we, we didn't cover 
that you think is important to mention? Not getting too excited. It's hard to not get excited when you're looking at homes and you fall in love with something, but try to be excited, but remove some of the emotion out of it and make a good sound decision so you're not overpaying for something. Um, you know, again, listen to your agent and their advice. Uh, take all counts into effect as far as, uh, you know, how long you plan to stay there, what you're, you know, maybe it's you're moving in and you have your parents moving in with you and this is going to be a long term. We're staying, you know, we're hunkering down. It doesn't matter. So, you know, all those things come into play. So I would just say, um, yeah, listen to your agent, work together. It's a teamwork. They should listen to you as far as what your wants and needs are and making sure that you get in the right home for you. Excellent points. Sharla, thank you so much for being on today. I really couldn't have done this without you because you hold the expertise as far as making offers. As your director of operations, um, I've seen you helped many a client uh, get into a home, not because they made the highest offer, but they made the strongest offer, which was best for them and the seller. So I appreciate your time in talking with me today. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. Yes, and I love you. And I'm going to say goodbye for now until next week. And I will see you guys in on the next episode of the Home Sweet Home Podcast with Marissa. Bye. Bye.